We'll be hearing the resurrection account from the Gospel according to St. John. Each of the four Gospels is a little bit different, which is one of the key reasons I actually believe in the historicity of the resurrection, because when my brother and I did something wrong, we got our stories straight. Listen for God's word to us. Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, The rabbi has been taken from the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my rabbi, and I do not know where they have put the body. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Please, if you are the one who carried Jesus away, tell me where you have put the body, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not touch me, because I have not yet ascended to Abba God. But go to my sisters and brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Abba and to your Abba, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the teacher. And she told them that the Savior had said this to her. Nora's question reminded me that um, at our house one year we found jelly beans about four years after the last time the Easter Bunny had been there. They were a little crunchy. (laughs) Please pray with me. I mean, gracious God, we do not have words adequate for the reality that we are celebrating today. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. A few years ago, I was about to begin worship on Easter Sunday at Castle Ridge Care Center, where I was the chaplain. There were about 16 or 17 residents gathered around, most in wheelchairs, and by the time we gathered everybody there, most of them were already sleeping before I even started my service. 
But I rose and came to the front and I said, it's Easter. And one little old woman who had been hunched over in a wheelchair looked up and she went, it's Easter? I said, yes, yay! <laughs> and my work was done. <laughs> Today is the culmination of our look at the holy virtues. Today, diligence. What in the world does Easter have to do with diligence beyond looking for the candy? Which is good. It is this. I believe that it was God's intentional will from the beginning of time. I'm going to start that over. I believe that it was not God's. It's <laughs> a better way to say it. I believe that it was not God's intentional will from the beginning of time that Jesus should die on the cross. I'd love to have a conversation with you about that whole subject of atonement, but that's for a different day. I believe it was God's intentional will that Jesus be followed rather than killed. And a whole lot of people did follow the way of Jesus. And that made the Jewish authorities nervous. They were afraid this was going to attract too much attention from the Roman authorities. And then Jesus kept doing unsettling things. He touched lepers. He forgave sinners. He included women among his followers. He even began to say that God's love and kingdom extended to non-Jews. This was too much, and the leaders of the religious establishment began to plot Jesus' death. At this point, Jesus had some options. He could flee. He could shut up. Or he could keep on keeping on, come what may. And he knew what come what may meant. That's diligence, a diligence that he knew would lead to his death. The same sort of diligence we see in a Martin Luther King Jr. or an Oscar Romero or a Nima Abiyad Idris or Kayla Mueller. Let me tell you about those two. Known as the peace singer in her Sudan village of Qadir, Nima wrote songs leading a choir of women singing songs that express peace and forgiveness, faith and perseverance in the middle of the civil war in Sudan and South Sudan. She didn't run away, even though genocidal terror was targeting her and her family in the war zone. Even though it would be easier to flee to a garrison city, she sought reconciliation with the Islamic warring factions by demonstrating a Christian witness. In 2014, she died from a bomb that hit her home. She was 59 years old. Kayla Mueller, an Arizona native. Kayla went to Jordan as a humanitarian worker. Kayla didn't expect that her faith would be tried and ultimately strengthened through an ordeal of capture, terror, torture, and ultimately death. Held by an ISIS leader, she sheltered two other girls from additional harm. And when a chance for escape came, she decided to stay, telling the other two that because she looked like an American, which she was, that she would endanger them. 
they escaped soon after she was killed. She had written in a letter, I have surrendered myself to our creator because literally there was no one else. And by God and by your prayers, I have felt tenderly cradled. She died February 6, 2015, at the age of 26. That's diligence. But this isn't Good Friday. This is Easter. And on Easter, and every Sunday, and every day, the followers of Jesus declare that violence and death did not and do not have the final word. Mark was three years old when his pet lizard died. Since it was her grandson's first brush with death, Grandma suggested that Mark and his older brother hold a funeral for the lizard. Grandma explained what a funeral is, a ceremony where you say a prayer, sing a song, and bury your loved one. Grandma provided a shoebox and a burial place in the backyard. The boys thought it was a great idea, so they all proceeded to the backyard. Taking the lead, the older boy said a prayer, then he turned and asked little Mark, if you wouldn't like to sing a song. With tears in his eyes, Mark clasped his hands, bowed his head, and belted out the Ray Charles hit, Hit the road, Jack! <laughs> and that's exactly what Pilate and Herod, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, Caiaphas, Ananias, and everyone else who had plotted the death of Jesus were singing on Friday. That was their fondest wish. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. But Jesus did come back. God had a different plan. God brought Jesus back, and Jesus hit the road to Emmaus, and the world has never been the same. So what does Jesus' resurrection mean for the world? Now, I'd love to spend time focusing specifically on John's account, talking about what Jesus' resurrection meant for Mary Magdalene and the other women and the disciples. In my file, I have a lovely sermon about that. But what we need this morning is a reminder of what Jesus' resurrection means for the world. It means Jesus was right. The resurrection is God's stamp of approval on all of Jesus' ministry. It's a giant yes to Jesus' life, to Jesus' teaching. The resurrection says yes to Jesus' servanthood, yes to Jesus' kingdom of inclusion, yes to Jesus' faithfulness, diligence, if you will, even to a cross. The resurrection demonstrates that ultimately love is more powerful than hatred, Life is more powerful than death. Nonviolent resistance and suffering love are more powerful than violence. The world says, look out for number one. The world says, the one who dies with the most toys wins. The world says that protecting the environment is not as important as shareholder return and consumer convenience. The world says sweatshops and child labor are okay if one can turn a slightly larger short-term profit. The world says protect what you have at all costs with giant fences at your borders, 
with a trillion dollar military budget, with the sacrifice of your beautiful young men and women. In short, the world gives us a culture of domination and death. Resurrection, on the other hand, says yes to the Beatitudes, says yes to loving our enemies, says yes to human rights for all, yes to caring for the poor, yes to caring for the creation, yes to forgiving others, and yes to forgiving ourselves. So let us live not by the values of the culture, but the values of the resurrected Christ. I know that some of you are thinking that I'm just blowing smoke. I'm whistling in the dark. Because the world is in such dreadful condition. We have been beaten down by the 24-hour news cycle into believing that things have never been so bad. And indeed, there is a lot to be alarmed about. We can get overwhelmed with bad news. But so much is heading in the right direction. Let me give you just three examples. Some of you have heard them before. These are huge examples of hope, global literacy, rates of death by war, and rates of poverty. Global literacy rates have climbed from 50% in 1950 to 86% today. And the really good news of that is how many girls are being educated. And we know that when a girl is educated, her family does better, and the village does better, and the country does better, and the world does better. Two generations ago, that wasn't happening. Two, wars and terrorism continue to rage all around the world. There are a host of conflicts, not just in Ukraine. Thousands of people are being killed. And these are not just statistics on a chart, each one of these deaths is a tragedy. Yet, the rate of death from war and or terrorism is the lowest in human history. By a mile. The rates of death from war and or terrorism in the 1950s, not during World War II, but in the 1950s, 25 times what it is today not 25% less, 25 times less. Third, perhaps most significant of all, rates of extreme poverty have drastically declined. When I was born, half of the world's people lived in extreme poverty. Extreme poverty, today that's 11%. Still too much, it could and should be zero. But poverty is not inevitable. I could give you a dozen more examples, but moving on. A number of years ago, I stopped by my mother-in-law's house, and she happened to be watching sports on TV, which was uh, not a surprise. My mother-in-law, Jean, was a FIAD teacher and a sports nut. I used to say, she's not a fan, she is a fanatic. <laughs> and she would watch any sports on TV. And she had me watching a Gophers hockey game, and we won't talk about last night's heartbreaking. <laughs> game, but this was a few years back, and I wasn't busy, so I sat down to watch with her. And it was late in the, the final period, just a few minutes to go, and it was tied, and she was so into this and so excited about it. And as the, you know, as the golfers would rush down towards the other goal, 
Pepper the Gold with shots, and she's, yes, go, 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 and then it turn over, come back, no, no, you dummy, and she's yelling at the TV, and she's all excited, and, and I wanted the Gophers to win too, but I was watching very calmly. <laughs> I was, I was. No, seriously, I'm not, I'm not joking. Well, what was the difference between her attitude, we both wanted them to win, and my attitude? I knew we were watching a tape. <laughs> The game had been played the night before. And I knew we were going to win in overtime. <laughs> because of Easter, we know which side wins. Love wins. Happy Easter.